with this in-season tournament, and I think the whole point is to get these guys incentivized on playing a little bit harder and being invested and getting the fans involved as well. What's up, you guys? I'm Rachel Demita, and welcome to season two of Courtside Club. I'm so excited to be back, and I can guarantee you guys that this season is going to be better than ever. So just to recap, season one, I partnered with Peyton Manning's production company, Omaha, and ESPN. And as you guys probably know, if you watched or listened to any of my previous episodes, they all lived on ESPN's YouTube channel and their Spotify channel and all of their social channels. And as much as it was great, obviously being with such a big network and being with a prestigious production company like Omaha, being kind of in that corporate world comes with some obvious restrictions. And I was really proud and happy with season one of Courtside, but I'm honestly even more excited to kind of break free of the chains that we had on the show and make it bigger and better than ever and really do whatever we want with it. Talk about whatever we want, creatively go in the directions that I feel like Courtside could have always gone. Um, Last season, we had a guest every single episode, which was great. We had some amazing guests joining us. And we will also have that this season, but it might not be every episode. So today, to kick off season two, it's going to be a solo episode. I have a couple of my friends and producers who helped me get Courtside Club off the ground. You guys might see them pop in and out of the conversation. But today, it's just going to be us chatting. And I'm, I'm honestly just so excited to also bring all of you guys into Courtside Club. This is a collaborative effort. I want to involve you guys more in the show. So please... Never hesitate to let me know what you guys want to see on the show, what topics you want me to cover. If you have any other guest requests, obviously let me know in the comments or reach out to me on social or on the Courtside Club pod Instagram page and just let us know what you're wanting to see. I'm always welcoming all this feedback. Courtside Club is a members only club, but all of you guys are invited to join. So I'm so excited to kick off season two. So let's jump in to the first half. It wouldn't be a Courtside Club episode if we didn't talk a little bit about the NBA. NBA season obviously kicked off just last week. And one of the biggest storylines or one of the biggest players that everyone's been talking about is Victor Wembanyama, arguably the rookie of the year already. He's had so much hype surrounding him all throughout the summer. If you guys remember, they were playing his games on the NBA app, literally every single game leading up to his NBA debut. I don't think they've ever done that for any other rookie. And I thought it was exciting to see Victor live up to the hype that has been behind him because I think a lot of people were, you know, maybe a little bit confused with with Summer League. He didn't play very much. We only got a little bit of a taste of what he was capable of. And he did feel like a little shaky on the court during Summer League, but Obviously, opening week, definitely living up to the hype. Spurs fans are so excited about it. I got the chance to interview Victor at Spurs Media Day. And I will just say 
The thing I was most impressed by him was his basketball IQ. So we talked about a lot of different topics, and I'm sure that you guys will see this interview in full on NBA social channels and NBA YouTube channel soon. But one of the things that I asked him was if he was familiar with any of the NBA draft picks who came before him. And to my surprise, he named off every NBA number one draft pick for the last 10 years. This player has been studying the NBA, studying the game, studying players who came before him and watching it so closely for many, many of years. And he's still a teenager. So that was something that I thought was really impressive because I I do do a lot of interviews with young players in the NBA. I have a show with the NBA called The Rising Stars Report. So we talk to rookies all the time. And to be fair, a lot of them don't know much when it comes to NBA in the past. They're kind of in their own bubble and for good reason. I mean, when you are that young, you are just working on your game and how you can get into the league and how you can level up. But in the end, you know, they might study some of the greats and might be excited to get on the court and play against people like LeBron or Giannis. But for him to be studying the game and also not be an American and be watching it for that long, I thought was just really impressive and just shows how well-rounded he is. I'm impressed by how quickly the Spurs organization seems to just like elevate to that next level. Fans were literally losing their mind over Wemby being there. And I feel like Pop is just such a great coach to have. Although, did you guys see Steve Kerr said, oh, Pop is rejuvenated now that he has, or revitalized now that he has Victor Weminyama. And, and Pop was like, well, first of all, Steve Kerr is uh, an asshole or something. Did you see that? I did not see that. He said Steve Kerr is an asshole? Yeah, because he's like, what, did I die or something? We have to find <laughs> that clip. But he was like... He's rejuvenated. I mean... I was always rejuvenated. Steve said that he saw that you kind of been rejuvenated after this summer. Well, let me just. What was I being rejuvenated from? Was I was I in a mental institution, or was I was I uh, depressed and curled up in my bedroom or something? Steve's an asshole. Yeah, it was some. It was like something along those lines, which I thought was like very pop. Like I wish I would have gotten to interview Pop. Actually, I saw him at Spurs Media Day. He came in. I was there at like eight thirty in the morning, and he came in without his like suit or anything on. Literally looked like he had just rolled out of bed in like flip flops and sweatpants and a t shirt, and he just kind of popped his head in. And we were all like, "Hey, we weren't even set up yet. Um, didn't get to interview him. Maybe one day I will." But yeah. I I'm, I'm excited for them. I think one thing that people have been talking about is, oh, can he stay injury free? Because obviously he's a freak of nature of how he's built. He's seven four. I would argue he's taller than that, honestly. Like the man is ridiculously tall and very skinny. So I think a lot of people are wondering like how his body will hold up in the NBA. I, I don't know. He plays with a more finesse. He's quick and athletic, but maybe not the most explosive player. And I feel like at this point, the way that he's kind of bending and moving, I don't know. We'll see. I don't wish injury on anyone. I think injury can happen to anyone. But um, that's not something that I think we should be so worried about off the rip. But I also was going to say, I asked his teammates, like, what 
surprised him the most or what was something about Wemby that they didn't know and all of them were mentioning about how like flexible he is they were saying that he does like (laughs) he did like a split in the weight room and then another one was saying like yeah he was cartwheeling through the gym 90% of the guys I asked it was something about his flexibility so maybe that's also a good thing though to like prevent his injuries it's kind of bizarre but you know maybe that will help him as well Everyone's a G until you see a seven foot four guy doing cartwheels. No, it was weird. It was weird. <laughs> and then you're like, what is this? <laughs> it's like, yeah, he was bending his head, his foot behind his head. We're just looking up the Popovich Kerr thing. I think that he was just joking. Like, they're friends. Popovich well, and yeah, Kerr. Yeah, are obviously, yeah, obviously yeah. he was joking. It was just funny. It was a funny exchange because Steve Kerr was yeah. like, basically saying like oh you guys are finally now back on the map that you have Wemby and he's like I didn't fucking die (laughs) (laughs) shut up that's it on Victor Weminyama I'm excited for it I think he's living up to the hype and he was a super nice kid and deserves it so we'll see we'll see how it goes let's talk about some of the new rules in the NBA and one in particular is this kind of resting rule. I feel like in general, there's been a lot of things that Adam Silver has tried to implement into the NBA to, in the grand scheme of things, just to get guys to be more competitive on the court and also to help out the fan experience. The things that top of mind come to me are the resting rule and how if a player doesn't play at least 65 games and they can't be up for any all NBA or any other awards and at the same time you can't rest two superstars on the same team at once and if you are not playing you have to be visible to fans and then also talking about the all-star game going back to east and west and then the in-season tournament these three things for me all go under the same bucket of how can we get the fans more involved and how can we get the guys to be more competitive on the court. It's pretty obvious in a sense that there are highs and lows throughout NBA season. Everyone is super excited opening week in those first couple weeks of NBA season because obviously players have gone from team to team. There's been an entire offseason. Everybody's just craving basketball. They're so ready. So there's like a spike in fans watching then, right? Guys are also excited for the most part, I would say, to get back on the court and, and prove themselves and show their new team and their new chemistry. And so that's an exciting time. Then you have some time off. Obviously, Thanksgiving ramps up for the NFL and then you have another spike around Christmas Day everybody's tuned into the Christmas Day games and then all-star and then playoffs and I feel like any time in between those dates for the NBA because there are so many games there's just not as much excitement and so I think with adding the in-season playoff tournament for example which by the way if you guys aren't familiar with it it's a tournament that starts November 3rd And there are six groups in the NBA that are filled with, I believe, wait, what's the math? There's 30 teams. So five teams in each group. Every group plays games and then one winner comes out from each group and then it goes into like a little NCAA style tournament and then the champion, the semifinals and the championship is in Vegas. For the most part, these in-season tournament games like run in the regular season. The only way that a team would play more 
games that then are originally scheduled are the guys who play in the championship. With this in-season tournament, Adam Silver said that it was going to be called the mid-season. It's literally at the beginning of the season. And I think the whole point is to get these guys, these players incentivized on playing a little bit harder and being invested and getting the fans involved as well. With this, the winners get $500,000 in prize money, which is honestly insane because I feel like that's more than a lot of teams make in the playoffs. But we also have to remember $500,000 to some of these guys is literally nothing. Like They don't care. They're making 30 mil plus a season. So I'm interested to see if it does become competitive and it is exciting for them. I think when it gets down to it and it gets maybe into the the playoff time of the in-season tournament, then guys and teams will really like want to ramp up and want to win it. And I think the environment in Vegas is going to be exciting. But I think if you really strip it back, that's the reason for all of these things. Like, am I wrong? What? Why else would you put and, – and Adam Silver also – compared it to soccer how they do like these kind of mini leagues or mini achievements that you can get throughout the season but it's not or football sorry it to me it's not it's a way to to get guys excited and make the game more competitive yeah I think a a big thing too Rach that that you don't really hit on is is the fact that especially in November and early December uh you know the NFL is eating everybody's lunch so I think yeah. ultimately, like, so ultimately, they want to do something to make fans have a reason to say, okay, I want to watch, uh, you know, this matchup. Because like you said, after the first week of the season or so, uh, it, it, it it's past the big matchups that you've been looking forward to all, all season. So, you know, I think it, it, it's just another way. And look, traditions don't start, you know, don't become popular overnight. So maybe take Okay, Adam maybe- Silver. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just saying it's like it's like one of these He's things. T- yeah, no, like for like sure. we're we're like you don't get you don't get like it's not a thing now. It's like kind of kind of silly, and we're like who knows if the players are going to care and probably won't. Yeah, but if you're 15 now, and then by the time you're 22 in the league, it might be a thing that you care about. Aside from that money that you mentioned, what's the like what is the actual impact of this tournament? Like, why would fans care? I don't know. To say that they won something. But that's that's a thing, too. It's like you you win something. There's some sort of cup. And, and my apologies because I don't know what it's called. But it's still going to be like that COVID year where it was like the Lakers with an asterisk in the bubble. You know what I mean? It's like it doesn't hold much weight yet. If you're just like, oh, yeah, we won the in-season tournament. Like, okay, congrats. You won in November. Do you know what I mean? I think it could be cool for guys who get like traded in-season if they won the in-season tournament and then they go and like maybe there will be one player who wins both one season on two different teams or something. I mean, it's fun to like add in anything. I don't mean to just shit on it. It's just basketball, I think in general, is at a disadvantage, clearly, which is how the game is played. Like, football has found that sweet spot of that sport where every game matters. And so every Sunday or Monday or Thursday, whenever you're, you're tuning in, like, that game matters. You have to you have to win. You know, there's a, there's a difference there. And with the NBA, like, having 82 games, it just doesn't matter as much. Not every game is going to matter. And 
these players also understand that, but they also understand they could go from making 30 million a year to making literally nothing if they get hurt and like not having a livelihood anymore. So I, I also see both sides of guys who don't want to kill themselves every single night on the court, you know, and then there's a, there's the fans who are like, just get out there and play. Like we're working $10 an hour jobs and you guys are complaining about, making this much that you you need to sit out you know for your for your sore foot or your mental health you know so I definitely I see both sides but I think with all of this um the rest the resting thing as well we've already seen like Bradley Beal James Harden Devin Booker already sat out within like the first like two games and James Harden's a whole different situation that's going on with Philly and we'll see how all that plans out which is kind of unfortunate because I think that team had a had a pretty good core but we'll see because I feel like players are already getting around the like resting rule by just saying that they're injured maybe they are but I don't think so (laughs) I don't think they're all like a a foot soreness or a a back injury you know on game two come on there's that old Michael Jordan story which like who knows if it's true or not but I've heard it the one where it's like it was Jordan, you know this one, where some like late game that didn't matter in the season, like they already were whatever, and he was in the game playing super hard. Anyway, right? Even though the game didn't really matter, and somebody was like asking him about it, like you're going so hard in this game that doesn't matter, and his response supposedly was that like for there's kids in the stands who this is the one time they're ever gonna see me play that's why i say like i i see both sides because players are human at the end of the day and also even being with dre like sometimes their body does really hurt some days and you don't know that and maybe it's not an injury but sometimes you are really sore you're working through something to where you're not able to and you know like talk about like someone like dre who had like one of the worst injuries that you could possibly get there are guys i think who worry about that so I see both sides but then I think that's why with the rule is like if you are injured or if you're sidelined at least be on the bench and be visible to fans because maybe there is somebody who traveled but if you're able to like meet them or sign something or they can just you know see you on the bench and like take a picture from the stands that would make their day it's it's hard because 82 games is a lot and Charles Barkley came out too he was like you're making however much a year just go play basketball three times a week just go play three or four times a week and I agree with that but I'm not in their shoes either so it's just it's hard but I do see both sides but with that let's talk really quick all-star going back to east versus west I I've kind of like mixed emotions on this because I was also one of those people when they first announced that it was it was like a captain's choice I was like no this is weird and then it it grew on me like you talk about traditions don't happen overnight but can we think back to when the east versus west game was so competitive but I feel like it hasn't been since Kobe yeah I mean that was just a different when we were you know especially 90s even early 2000s that was like a east versus west was a big deal I don't think now it is but the truth is, is like if you think about the parity in the league now, the game will have more parity anyway. It was just lopsided for a bunch of years. But I think now with the, with, with the way the parity is in the league now and, and, and even these young guys coming up, it makes sense to just go back to, you know, you're, you're able to go back to the traditional East versus West and, and, and you, don't, you don't know who's going to be able to win. I think it will be on paper more competitive, but in order to be competitive, the guys still have to play competitively. 
Like they can't just go out there and not care. And I, I feel those, like I think those days are over. <laughs> I think those days are over. Yeah, but I think this is this is like the attempt. Like they're trying to figure out how can we make it more competitive. And I don't know. I think you do win some money if you win the All Star game. But like, what is the dollar sign that would make guys want to play hard? I personally liked the like captain pick because it just added a little bit of messiness to the league because you could see guys like visibly getting pissed too and i don't know if the nba just like didn't want to show somebody getting picked last because they would get flamed for like two weeks after for getting picked last but they're all all stars like you shouldn't i don't know i would probably care too if i was there to get picked last again even with the draft like it, it wasn't all of a sudden you know like i remember some very famous you know i remember guys like ai and stefan marbury and guys who really cared about winning all-star games and it mattered it, it wasn't about right. money necessarily they just really wanted to win like you said kobe was was always mike Shaq. like these guys wanted to win now it's just kind of like you know you see you see a few guys you see lebron like lebron's always anytime he's doing anything he's trying to win you know but like wrong the, i don't know you, <laughs> you did no he chills what? he he goes sometimes he, he, he does not co- play hard in the, yeah. In the, okay. Fine. He might coast again these first three quarters, but I, I've seen LeBron in some All Star games go crazy in, in the fourth. Yes, quarter. when Kobe was there, I'm saying I feel like that's the last uh, time LeBron even tried when it was that matchup between those two, and maybe it's something where there like just isn't a rivalry between two players that we used to have. You know what I mean? Because like there's like there's that iconic photo also where it's like MJ and Kobe next to each other. But again, I I, I also see both sides like a lot of guys get a vacation week the all-stars don't (laughs) like the best players do not and the last thing they want to do is get hurt in an all-star game I think there's always going to be some excitement around all-star just with just the theatrics of all of it and all the greatest players like being in the same city and I don't want to completely shit on it because I also enjoy going to all-star but I feel like I enjoy it more for like everything surrounding it and it's more of like a fan experience than it is like seeing the best basketball you're ever going to see, you know? But is Wemby going to be in the slam dunk contest? That's the real question. No. And he's going to dunk from the three-point line, you know? <laughs> no. Wemby he's going to not jump. <laughs> he's just going to do like that. That's his winning dunk. dunk. Like, would, that, no I, jumping. Honestly, that would, that would win the dunk contest. You think so? I think it would win. The not it would. Jumping dunk. Yeah, a thousand percent it would. It would, it would win because people would be like, what just happened? Like, he, he wins. Like, it, yeah. He would terrible. Win. That's not even a, to me, a dunk involves jumping. But if you don't have to, that's even, that's wild. Like, nobody that's can do that. something somewhere. I think it would win too. I think it would. Win. I think it would be I ten. Mean, honestly, I think it tens all around because you would just be like, "What just happened?" Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> go go gadget arm. Last thing before we move on to halftime, um, Michigan is cheating again. Those <laughs> dirty rats <laughs> stealing signs. I just had to put this out there. I don't really even know all the details, but fuck Michigan. Go Ohio State. <laughs> Stop sending your little minions to the games to try to steal people's signs. That's probably the only reason that you're in the college football uh, tournament last season. You will not be ranked number two for long. Ohio State's going to whoop that ass. When's that game? That is Thanksgiving. Everybody will be tuning in with their stuffing and turkey on their plate watching a good Michigan ass whooping. I would would invite anyone listening to uh, save that clip of her saying that. (laughs) 
<laughs> Please, I don't care. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Save that. <laughs> Honestly, I can't believe that they're just sending people to games because they can't win by just playing it's, for it's real. Not, it, it's not illegal to sign steal. Um, I think. Ultimately, so then, why is it being investigated? It, it wouldn't be being investigated if it didn't matter. What's being investigated is them sending people to games to sign steal. Um, which same thing, you know, from from a lot of the from a lot of the 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 you know professionals that have commented, it's something that like it just kind of generally happens in college. Um, it, it's not something that I think even even Deion Sanders commented on it. I don't think it's something that people really view as 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 a big deal. But I think, look, I you know. The real, the real discussion, I think, is around why the NCAA is, uh, you know, in their relationship with, with Harbaugh. I think, that's, I think that's the answer to your question of why they, they're investigating. Um, I, think, I think there's just no love there. And so what they're going to try to do is whatever they can and then ultimately force him to, to leave. And he'll probably be in the NFL next year anyway. All right, you guys. And now I am excited to introduce our first sponsor for Courtside Club Season 2, Mobby Tea. Step into a world of natural wellness and Caribbean flavors with Mobby Artisanal Tea, the embodiment of plant power and hydration. Take a sip, join the movement, and embrace a healthier you. Visit MobbyTea.com or your local Sprouts Farmer's Market now to experience the taste of the Caribbean and every revitalizing blend. You guys, I love mobby tea it is super hydrating and refreshing there's no caffeine as well so i can literally drink it all throughout the day it uses the mobby tea bark that the mobby team told me they actually discovered when they were in the caribbean and there's a lot of health benefits to it as well there's ginger in there there's lemongrass it's a health tea that doesn't have that bitterness that you might get from other teas there's just the perfect amount of sweetness so definitely check it out if you haven't already if you have a Sprouts by you, go check it out. Mobby Tea, welcome to the show. In true Courtside Club fashion, we are going to take a halftime break and play, I feel like our most signature game, Start Bench Cut. Manny, I know you had a few Start Bench Cuts for me. Normally we would ask the guest, but now it's my turn to jump in there. So what do we got? First one, Start mm -hmm. Bench Cut, Tennis, Ping Pong, Pickleball. All right, we're starting tennis, undeniable. Tennis is a fantastic sport. We are benching ping pong because ping pong has its place. I wouldn't even put ping pong in the sports category, although I think it's in the Olympics, right? Yeah, so it, it, it is a sport. I wouldn't even put it there. I would put it as like a party game, right? I'm cutting pickleball because I'm tired. I am sick and tired of this pickleball frenzy that people are on to me pickleball is like i'm gonna watch my language here but I, is the the s version of tennis like people cannot play tennis go and play pickleball it's, it's literally what it is and i'm so tired of being like oh yeah my pickleball league at the ymca or my pickleball league at 24-hour fitness i hope none of you play pickleball i don't know what it is about it it actually was kind of fun when i played it it was but when people make it their entire identity that they play pickleball and like that's their thing and they're a really good pickleball player it just makes me think that you weren't that good in your uh, elementary school gym class and so like this is the sport that you chose like you couldn't play anything else so you pick fucking pickleball i'm sorry i'm really sorry you know what i have friends who play i love all of you guys who play it but it's it there should not be this kind of frenzy around 
around this game. This professional cornhole, you know? That's so also it, a party game to me. That's not a sport. Like, we're... The thing is, pickleball never went from... It was never in the category of, like, party game. It just went straight to sport. Like, straight to, like, elite sport. I mean, it's not like, what TV, are we doing? Though, is it? Like, yes. There, there's pickleball. Yes, TV. it's everywhere. Oh, what? It's realize. literally everywhere. That's crazy. Is there like a best pickleball player in the world? Yes. Oh. Yes. I'm sure. There's there's rankings. I'll say, I'll, I, you know, I'll say that my wife was a was a played uh, tennis in high school, and and she echoes your sentiments, Rachel, about pickleball. Thank you. <laughs> Honestly, Laura and I are on the same page on a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one. Start bench cut, winning the Super Bowl, winning the NBA Finals, or winning the World Cup? This is going to be a controversial one for sure. Old Rachel would have cut winning the World Cup, but new Rachel has watched the Beckham show on Netflix. (laughs) And so we're going to bench the World Cup. I still can't personally get excited about it, but I understand how big of a deal it is. And I also think it's something when you're like playing for your country. And I still like when people have, you know, pride and and just uh, an enthusiasm for playing for their country. I'm going to start winning the Super Bowl because I still feel like it's just there's something about win or go home in college sports and then in the NFL that just raises the stakes so much and I feel like the Super Bowl is just such a theatric it still is like the highest rated sport and they have you know the halftime performances which we all love whether we care about football or not so I don't know there's just something about the Super Bowl is just up there and I'm, I'm I'm cutting the NBA finals at this at this particular moment as much as I love the NBA and I watch the NBA more than I watch any other sport and basketball still has my heart it just maybe doesn't hold as much weight as these as these other two championships I don't know Super Bowl's gotten like also weird it's like people are more focused on the halftime show and the commercials yeah but I think with the NBA finals you're also banking on it getting to seven games because I went to the 2018 NBA finals where it was a sweep and I in but it was two great teams. It was like Steph Curry and uh, LeBron James. It was like Warriors Cavs when it had been like three years in a row of those two teams or whatever. And that was a sweep and it was exciting, but it was like, damn, like we kind of wish it would have gone further. I love the NBA. I love basketball. I always will. Again, it goes back to like people changing teams all the time now too. All right, last one. You ready? What do we got? Start bench cut Halloween costume edition. Couples costumes. Barbie and Ken. Taylor and Travis, Posh and Bex. <laughs> okay, I'm going to start Barbie and Ken. By the way, all three of these costumes are going to, they're going to be costumes this year. Halloween's tomorrow. Just be ready for these costumes. They're all going to be there. I'm starting Barbie and Ken because there's so many different ways to interpret Car- Barbie and Ken and to do it. There's just so many outfits. The movie was fun. You don't even have to choose looks from the movies. You can literally, I was a Barbie kid. There's there's a million different ways to do it. I'm going to cut Taylor and Travis because as much as I'm a Swifty, I miss a, is, I'm a little over it. It's a lot. It's been a lot. It's been a lot of Taylor and Travis content. I'm going to bench Posh and Bex because, and, and I feel like maybe this is like the millennial in me, but 
they were just so iconic. Like I remember that growing up because I was a huge Spice Girls fan. And so David Beckham came on my radar because of Posh Spice, <laughs> because that was who she was dating. And it was just so iconic. And then I think with their Netflix film, too, hopefully they can, you know, come back into the mix. She has so many great looks. And then Bex with the hair, like you could get a wig and do that. So I'm going to bench them. Uh, I'll take a Taylor costume solo oh and guys start bench cut is a segment that we will do pretty often in courtside club so if you have any ideas for start bench cut segments make sure that you let me know in the comments or let us know on social and it's time for the second half all right guys now it's time for our new segment spill the tea presented by mobby Let's get into it. All right, you guys, for today's Spill the Tea segment, there has been this list that's going around social media for the last couple weeks now where girls came together and put together a list of 28 places that you should not take a girl on a first date. And it's been stirring up a lot of controversy because some of these on the list I think are wild. And to me, overall, it feels like a pretty entitled list. Let's start off with some of the places that are definite no's. I would say your house is a definite no for a first date because safety first. You always have to meet in a public place the first time you're hanging out with someone. For me, hookah bar is an absolute no. Nightclub's an absolute no. Because that's something also, though, you have to know the person. You have to know them at least a little bit. Again, if you know me, you know there's nowhere on the world I would much rather not be than at the club. I hate the club. Hate it. If I never had to go to a club again ever in my life, I wouldn't. And I think hookah bar is like right up in there. Some things on this list, though, to me... Okay, sports events? No. That's absolutely a great first date, don't we think? Yeah, I think I to be honest, I think for me any 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 first date that's not uh that's not like the movies or some place where you can't talk to each other, like that that's yeah. that's the thing, like a nightclub obviously you can't really talk to each other. Other than that, it all kind of I think anything makes sense, but you know, I, again, I think you hit it you hit it earlier. I think the list is is made by some pretty entitled people. I think even that original video was like, <laughs> yeah. you know, too good for Cheesecake Factory. It's like, you're not too good yeah. for Cheesecake Factory. You know? No. Some of these places too, like you don't need to go to a five-star restaurant. Like what's wrong with Applebee's, Chili's, Chipotle, Olive Garden? Some people love Olive Garden. The breadsticks and salad, you know? And also, if, if you're in high school or college or if you're younger, all of these places are definitely places that we used to hang out. Yeah, I think also, look, Rachel, you're from Ohio, so, like, <laughs> the Ohio is coming out. I think I think this list is <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I have. That's a five-star restaurant. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, I, think, I, think the, I think the list is made by people in, like, New York City or... No, Cheesecake Factory, when you were a kid, Cheesecake Factory was like a five-star restaurant. I mean, for sure, for me, I'm just talking about like whoever, whoever these people are who would never go there. That's true. Also, though, on on a serious note, like the whole list is terrible because (laughs) if you're on a date, the point is who you're on the date with, right? Like you could, you could have a, you could have a great time like standing on the corner with somebody if they're a cool person right like all right have you you, manny have you ever took your first date to stand on a corner i have i've yeah i I took (laughs) oh my goodness i've done it what did you guys (laughs) what did you guys do on the corner well you know like for like a walk (laughs) you know because it's it's a good time to talk 
right? And like the, the point is the people. The point is the people. I, I feel like if I can't have a good time with you doing nothing, like taking a walk, then like yeah. I could have a good time with anybody at a, at a five-star restaurant. So what, is, what does that tell me about the girl? I honestly would be so nervous at a five-star restaurant for a first date. That's not even my speed anyway. I, so I feel like that's what you have to know the girl a little bit to know like what they would like. You know, so what's your worst first date ever? All right, all right. Manny, Manny has had a bad first date. Have I? I can tell you because Manny called me and thought and, and he legit thought he was getting murdered. That was a third date. Oh, OK. Never mind. <laughs> but he was he was like, there's a car following me. She's take like I'm in the middle of nowhere. I did. Yeah. I, I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this information? I once. Got, Where are you? I once got led into like the deep like, forest at midnight. It was a Halloween. In fact, it was Halloween 2017. And he was just like, this is it for me. And I'm like, I don't know what to say. But it's because the girl was kind of like a witch on our on our first date. She had pulled she had pulled a hair out of my head. Like she literally pulled the hair out of my head and like tied it to a ring and did like a spell on our first date. And then on so you know that kind of witchy stuff is cool. Wait. And so then on the third day she <laughs> took me into like the forest, like an hour into the forest at midnight on Halloween. And I started to think like, oh wait a second, like what if it's some kind of ritual sacrifice type situation? And so the fact. Wait, pause. So the the fact that you had a second date after she pulled a hair out of your head and did witchcraft on you is mind blowing to me. The it's probably because she did that. <laughs> so you were like, hmm, this, is, like, well, this, this is, is interesting. This is interesting. Yeah, let's see where this goes. Is magic? No, 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 no. So then, what happened in the woods? Nothing. It was. It was. Uh, it was all fine. There was no murder. I'm just saying was it was there, the most. Gu- it was the most. Guy was there thing like ever. stick crosses all over, no, like hanging around, like Blair she, Witch she or something? She brought me to like a, a a spot in the woods where there was. In her defense, it was actually very nice. There was this bench like overlooking a cliff that like you could see the whole <laughs> of L.A. It was very nice. Yeah. So I mean, just in case you pissed her off, she could just push you. Push me out. Yeah. Exactly. That it would was, be it. It was also. It was also just very like it, if we had been two women, I think it would have been crazier. But for me, I'm just like, all right, I guess. I guess Manny's going to die. Like, I was just kind of like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where this woods, like, we don't share a location. Like, you know, I'll call your mom. Like, it was it was just like one of those things where, you know, but that's Manny, everybody. That that's, that should be added to the list, though. Don't go in the middle of, of the, the woods. woods. Well, that's the, that's the somewhere that requires a long drive. I feel like, I feel like for safety purposes, like your house and somewhere that requires a long drive is fair. And then like nightclub and hookah and bar all are safety purposes too. I'm, I don't know. I'm a safety first type of gal, you know, don't get kidnapped. It's hard enough for a woman or a man or a Manny. Apparently or a man as well. <laughs> or, or, Manny. or Manny. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Halloween, I wanted to show you two of the costumes that Dre and I did. One of them is more of like a recreation than like a pure costume and the other one, I don't know, but we had fun with it. Okay, look at this, you guys. Do you recognize that? I, this is, this is, this picture has been viral. I, 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 th- I think, I, I think I recognize it. I, I don't recognize it. I do, because it's been in the news a lot lately. Yeah. <laughs> what is well, it? Will, this, is, this is a Will Smith because Will Smith has been in the news a lot lately, obviously. But who's the girl? This is when he did the shoot with Margot Robbie. Yeah, I saw this. Yeah. So I only know that because I saw that on social. 
That's smart. That's smart. That well, one. yeah, no, it it made the rounds. I just thought it would be funny because there's all this stuff with Jada right now, and then everybody's like, oh, maybe, you know. We would have to do a separate episode to talk about. That's spill, spill the tea <laughs> that, next time. Yeah, that, no, spill that's, the tea with that's Jada. a whole. I can't even get in that. Shout out Will Smith. You're the man. I love you. Nah, shout out Chris Rock. <laughs> the real man. Oh my god. The real MVP. Um, anyway, I thought this Robin's one was funny married, because happily married woman. Is she? Isn't she? No. She is married, yeah. She is. I don't know she though. Is. If I took yeah. if I, I took if pictures Robin like this when I was married and this is not for a movie, I I'm not sure. No, but maybe she wasn't married when they took the Oh. Yes, she, she was. Yeah, she's yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a separate Spill the tea. <laughs> These photos are also like not from filming. They're not from set. They just got leaked from something. Shout out but Will But they're Smith. like. <laughs> All right. You know what? You know what? I... Shout out Will Smith. I changed my mind. <laughs> um, this, is the, this is the other one that we did, which is very, 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 very typical Rachel Halloween costume. I will say, though, this was a very, very last minute <laughs> costume. That's, that's cute. Is, I like is it. Dr. Seuss? I like it. What is this? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. It's the cat in the hat. Oh, there we go. I like it. It's basically we dressed up as our cats. Shout out Dre for being talked into doing this nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> and, a, no, and agreeing. Dre picked the cat in the hat one. <laughs> All right, Dre. All right, Dre. We were supposed to be we were supposed to be Woody and Bo Peep, and I ordered Bo Peep a while back, and it never came. And so he had his whole Woody costume, and that was also Dre's idea because he loves Toy Story. And it never came. So literally the night before, we went to freaking Spirit and got these like Dr. Seuss costumes, and we're like, whatever. It matches our cats, but I thought it was cute. Like one's playful and one's controversial. I normally don't do Halloween because I hate Halloween. I think it's the worst holiday of all the holidays. And you will not catch me out ever on Halloween because it's terrifying being around a bunch of people in masks. I hate it, but I don't mind dressing up at home and taking some pictures. <laughs> Let us know in the comments what you guys are going to be for Halloween or any spooky stories you have from Halloween. Anything that can top Manny's uh, witchcraft story. Still wild to me, honestly. Another Courtside Club staple. It is time for some buzzer beaters. In season one, at the end of the show, I would always ask my guests buzzer beater questions. And I said that I would never answer the buzzer beater questions until someone asked me. And since we are doing a solo show, Manny has staged up our buzzer beater questions. And here they are. What is your ideal courtside fit? My ideal courtside fit is probably something chill. I don't like to be too extra while sitting courtside. I don't know. I know a lot of celebrities and stuff are like super extra, but there's something about just like trying to call attention to yourself when there's a bunch of grown men playing basketball that it's like, I, I just don't want to be all of that. I like to look good, but not crazy. So maybe a pair of like jeans, like kind of baggyish jeans, a really cool sneaker, maybe like a white tee or a corset of sorts and a jacket and then hair probably in a ponytail or something like this cuz that's my signature. All right, more importantly, what's your ideal food and drink combo while sitting courtside? So there's not too many vegan things <laughs> at NBA arenas. 
But a lot of the time the popcorn is vegan. They'll just make it with oils. So maybe some popcorn and some Sour Patch Kids. I love a sour candy. And then to drink, maybe like a margarita or some sort of kind of mixed drink. Or rosé. I do love a, I do love a rosé at a concert or a sporting event, but not all of NBA arenas have those either. Who is one person, dead or alive, that you would love to sit courtside with? This is somebody who is not in sports, but I would love to sit courtside with Steve Irwin. He was my idol growing up. If you're not sure, if you're not familiar with who Steve Irwin is, that's the Crocodile Hunter. He had a show called The Crocodile Hunter and was just so passionate and about animals and so knowledgeable about them and loved them. And he was honestly like my idol growing up. I loved animals. And so I would just love to talk to him. I feel like his enthusiasm that he had for animals, he probably carried into all aspects of life. And he would probably love to sit courtside and just see basketball. I don't even know if he went to basketball games. He was Australian. Um, But yeah, that's who I would like to sit courtside with. Last one. What is one event in history of ever, could be sports, could be not sports, that you would have loved to have been courtside for? One event in history that I would have loved to have been courtside for is I want to see the earth before people were here. So before homes and streets and literally every before any human, I want to see what the earth looked like before that. I want to see the animals. I want to see the the greenery. I want to see the, I just, I want to see it and like just kind of bounce around in a little bubble because I think it would be beautiful. I think it would be beautiful. It'd probably also be like terrifying and I probably wouldn't last very long if I was like walking around, but I just think it would be really cool to see what the earth was like before us. All right, you guys, that's all we have for today's episode of Courtside Club. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you guys are excited for season two, we have a lot of fun stuff in store. We have some amazing guests coming on the show. And there will also be some vlog content, a little behind the scenes of my life, a lot more of Jordan and Manny as well. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Let me know in the comments below if you have any requests, anything that you want to see, and just give us your feedback. And I'm excited to keep this ball rolling. I also wanted to update you guys that Starting next week, our episodes will be coming out every Tuesday. So make sure that you subscribe to this YouTube channel and you can also check it, our podcast out on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. With that, I will see you guys next Tuesday. Thanks for watching and bye. Bye.